BDPAI Radio, linking business, education, and technology. The BDPAI Radio Show creates a vibrant communications platform that speaks to all BDPA stakeholders. Hosted by Fran McNeil. Technical advice by John Melanson. Sponsored by the BDPA Education and Technology Foundation. BDPAI Radio, linking business, education, and technology. Welcome to BDPA Internet Radio. I'm Fran McNeil. Kudos to the 45 BDPA chapters across the nation and their members. And special thanks to the national, regional, and local sponsors. BDPA is the premier organization for people of African American descent in the information technology industry. BDPA exists to advance the careers of African Americans in the IT industry. From the classroom to the boardroom, you can find BDPA on group site Twitter and Facebook. Welcome again to our guest. My name is Wayne Hicks. <laughs> this is Julius Clark. Hi, Fran. This is Clifford Clark calling in from Fort Wayne, Indiana. Hi, Fran. This is John Melanson, president of the BDPA Los Angeles chapter. Thank you, gentlemen. My name is Wayne Hicks. I joined BDPA in 1989, so that is a lot of years in the organization. And I am currently the executive director for the BDPA Education and Technology Foundation, which is the nonprofit arm of the organization. We serve as a fiscal agent for national BDPA and its 45 local chapters. And the only reason that we exist is to raise money for the programs and services that are being put on by BDPA across the country. Thanks, Wayne, and thank you for joining us, and thank you for being our sponsor within the organization. Next, I'd like Julius to introduce himself. My name is Julius Clark. I live in Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm originally from Boston, Massachusetts. My BDPA affiliation started in 2001, so I've been involved with the organization for over 10 years now. I'm currently the president of the Charlotte chapter. Good evening, everyone. My name is Clifford Clark. I have been with BDPA since 1986. If Wayne is not going to count up the years, I'm not going to count the years either. I've been in a myriad of positions with BDPA, including chat president on the national conference team and a variety of other roles within BDPA. Currently, I serve as the executive assistant vice president in the member services area for professional, executive, and technical development. The wing of BDPA from a member services standpoint that produces quarterly webinars where it's free to our members as a benefit where they can hop on board and we do a, a webinar for professional development and then we'll do a webinar for a program meeting and we, we do that quarterly. There's other products including the PMP Prep, the IT Institute, and just a, a variety of other different educational type products out of BDPA. Thank you, Clifford. And John, please introduce yourself. Sure. Thanks, Fran. Hi, my name is John Melanson. I am the BDPA Los Angeles chapter president, and I've been part of BDPA for eight or nine years now. The BDPA Education and Technology Foundation, a nonprofit organization that exists for the sole purpose of funding BDPA programs, scholarships, and services around the nation. Follow us on Facebook, www.facebook.com forward slash BDPA Foundation, or Twitter, www.twitter.com forward slash BDPA. 
When BDPA started out as an organization that its original name was Black Data Processing Associates, share with us how has the organization evolved and why does the Education and Technology Foundation exist given where BDPA is today? The organization has evolved much like the industry and like technology has evolved over the course of the past 35 years. The original name reflects the fact that there were a lot of mainframe programmers that were part of the founding group, um, and that's where the data processing began, if you will. Folks could literally were hanging tapes and literally were programming with Fortran cards and, and the like. Of course, technology over the past 35 years has changed tremendously, and now there are job classifications, there are employers, there are corporations, there are entrepreneurs, there are courses of study that go across a wide realm of what we now know as information technology. And so BDPA has evolved to the fact that we don't really use the, the full legal incorporated name. We just go by our acronym of BDPA, and its vision is to advance the careers of African Americans in the IT industry from the classroom to the boardroom. And so that's what you see across the country are programs and services being put on by local chapters, by volunteers, by IT professionals, by corporate sponsors that advance the careers within the industry from classroom, K-12, through boardroom to executives, CI, chief information officers, and the like. One of the things that we've observed is that to do what we try to do and to live up to that mission in BDPA takes money. And money or revenue flows into to the organization, to, to BDPA, in one of three ways. We get money from a dream of membership dues. Membership in the organization is $25 for an in for a student or $100 for a professional. We get money that comes into the organization through corporate sponsorship, and those are decisions that corporations make to, to invest in BDPA because they get a return on that investment in terms of recruiting diverse talent or retaining diverse talent or community outreach, higher diversity, perhaps even just market share. Some of the companies invest in BDPA because they want BDPA members with disposable income to purchase their product. And so corporate sponsorship becomes a second revenue stream. The third revenue stream is from fundraising and grant writing. And that's where the foundation really comes into effect. We are the 501c3 arm, the fiscal agent for BDPA to help in that grant writing area. And so we work very, very hard to submit grants to get funding for programs at a national level and funding for the local chapter program. So for example, we're currently working on a $25,000 grant that the American Honda Foundation provided to us. And we'll be making an announcement at our annual conference on how that money is going to be dispersed. Uh, the bulk of that money will be dispersed based on the activity of BDPA chapters around the country in our K-12 youth education program. BDPA Los Angeles chapter is on the line right now. They put in a request to the foundation earlier today, this morning, asking for $5,141 to help them with travel and transportation to Chicago in August for that conference. And, you know, they're hearing it today right now for the first time, but we've approved that request, and so they're going to be receiving a, that check for that 5000 That's why we exist, to try to help the chapters that are doing the hard work, the heavy lifting, so they can continue to flourish. Wow. There's nothing like really having the perspective and then understanding how the organization serves its members and how the organization is able to provide those services on a regular basis. Now, Wayne, one of the things that I recognize is that BDPA is definitely in your blood. You've been a BDPA member since 1989. You've been a BDPA executive director since 2006. I've watched over the years as you've led the BDPA Cincinnati chapter from 1999 to 2001, and then more the national was the national BDPA president from 2004 to 
2005. As we've transitioned and really taken a hold of the Education and Technology Foundation, what one story sticks out in your mind that when you think about the work of the foundation helps you communicate to the members, the corporate sponsors, and also the foundation why BDPA is really serving its mission and serving its members? You know, there's a number of stories. One, if you're asking for one, I'll give you one. A young lady that was a high school student back in late 1990s. She was a high school student back then. She she was from the Washington, D.C. area. She participated in the Washington, D.C. high school computer competition programming. She, over the summertime, got trained in web development and in programming. She represented their chapter at a national HSCC high school computer competition championship. She then, after graduating from high school, went across the country to the other coast to Stanford to get her degree in the computer science area. And so that was four years of getting her degree. And then she started working for Microsoft, and she actually moved down to the Charlotte North Carolina area to work for Microsoft. And so this young lady that got impacted by her learnings as a high school student with BDPA went to one of the best universities in the nation, then started working for one of the largest technology-based companies um, in the world. And over the last few years, she has served as a HSCC coordinator. She's actually reached back, came back to BDPA and started uh, working as a coordinator, working on Saturdays with the young people, the high school kids in Charlotte. I I saw her at a Microsoft Minority Student Day in Charlotte earlier this year, and she is now married, recently married within the last few months, and she's explained that she's getting ready to take a leave of absence to go after her dream of getting her master's and then her PhD uh, in the computer science field. And I expect at some point, as I follow her story, she'll become an owner of her own business. She'll become a nationally known executive in the technology field. She'll be one of our true classroom to the boardroom success stories. Her name is Stephanie Lampkin was her student name, and now it's Stephanie Brown. She is a story, and there's thousand points of light within BDK of stories like that um, that can be told, but times when I get frustrated, I think of young people like Stephanie and how what we do on Saturdays and after work and, and the way that we touch people, whether they're young people or IT professionals, truly makes a difference. Well, that is a great story. And I think that one of the things that we will certainly continue to do on the Internet radio show is highlight emerging BDA leaders. Uh, thank you, Wayne invite Julia to share with us some of his perspective. And I want to give the audience a little bit of background about Julia. He is the Information Security Officer at Wells Fargo Bank. And Wells Fargo is a key contributor for BDPA. Julia is a highly valuable information technology and security leader who provides immeasurable value and leadership to senior business leaders and shareholders. He regularly writes on IP security issues on his own blog called Clarkbot Leadership, and a recent blog post was entitled, Well, Dumb User Mistake That Will Get You Hacked. He also has a blog, which I will mention a little bit later. So, Julius, again, welcome to the show. I'd like for you to share with the audience, why do you write about IT security issues? BDPA has a diverse membership, but why do you write articles like 12 Dumb User Mistakes That Will Get You Hacked? Thanks for that introduction, Fran. Well, first of all, um, I 
IT, information technology is a passion of mine. Ever since I was a young kid, did programming in high school, all the way up to going to college. I got a degree in electronic engineering. But after I got out of college, I, information technology just pulled me back in. And during the early 2000s, like around around 2001, where we started to experience the, the, the massive attacks from viruses like NIMDA, Code Red, and then we had the legislation like Sarbanes-Oxley come about because of the scandals like WorldCom and Enron and a new and more sophisticated attacks on networks. And at that time, I was working in the banking industry, which shut down servers for like days and some banks that weren't prepared, weeks. And I started to put everything together and I saw that my purpose was to learn about information technology and master it such that I could now help people and businesses in terms of safeguarding their data assets. So in your blog, who's your audience? My audience is mainly for anyone that has an interest in information security. I also would like to spark interest in those who are uh, interested in working in the field as well as helping the small business owner who don't have the funding or the manpower to actually protect his or her own business interests. And in the information security field, we're only as good as other information security professionals who share relevant information with each other on unknown issues that may pop up. Okay. So based on that, again, I really am excited that you're here to provide to the audience some of the information that you've learned. What are two top two mistakes that people often make and put them at risk of getting hacked? Okay. One of the, the top mistakes is antivirus. People don't renew and update their antivirus like they should. I look at it like this. Antivirus should be renewed the same way you renew your car insurance, your house insurance every year. There are times where after we get a new computer and that initial antivirus license, it wears out. Many people don't pull out that credit card and pay for that antivirus license to renew it and continue getting the update. That's one of the biggest issues. And the second issue is having their operating system automatically receive patch updates. That's one of the most easiest ways that people are hacked, where you have malware that takes advantage of vulnerabilities in the operating system, as well as your application. Like I know many of us have, like for instance, like Adobe or even iTunes. When that box pops up that says there's a new version, you need to click on it and update the software because nine times out of 10, the company has discovered some vulnerability and they've included a patch in the new version. But a lot of times, because it's time consuming, most people will click no, remind me later. And then unfortunately, down the road, some people may get hacked. I see. Okay. Well, those are two very valuable tips. Your blog can be found under the name of your blog, Leadership at .blogspot.com. Julius, I just wanted for you to share a little bit about your position at Wells Fargo. You're an information security officer. And Wayne gave us a story of someone that gone from the classroom to the boardroom. What is one thing that you're doing in your area, in Wells Fargo Bank, to help individuals within your organization 
organization move up in your organization? What I've been able to do with BDPA and my role within Wells Fargo Bank is that I've been able to leverage my relationship within Wells Fargo as well as well with BDPA and bring notice to individuals, uh, particularly at Wells Fargo, who are great employees, terrific community servants, and able to, again, use my relationships to get them noticed in terms of the work that they're doing in the community and which it also translates into the work that they're doing for Wells Fargo. And for me, it, it feels good to be able to serve in that capacity and help others achieve as I also achieve. But I get more out of giving back and seeing others move up, particularly when many don't have access to the circles or networks that are so critical in IT that involve getting you promoted. Excellent. BDPA is a relationship builder, both of um, technical skills and also professional skills. So thank you, Julius, for being on the show. I invite you today. Attend BDPA's regional conference this Friday, June 17th at the Washington Navy Yard and Saturday, June 18th at Bowie State University. Join Rear Admiral Michelle Howard, Chief of Staff to the Director for Strategic Plans and Policy. Rear Admiral Gretchen Herbert, Director of Net Central Capabilities for Information Dominance. And Dr. Larry Schultz, ONR's Director of Innovation. UDCA will host its annual Community Technology Summit at Bowie State University, featuring a regional high school computer competition, an IT showcase, robot showcase, and personal technology training center, flight simulation. Explore career and internship opportunities with platinum sponsor Freddie Mac, national HSBC sponsor HP, gold sponsor Oracle, and our new media sponsor, Cyrus XM Satellite Radio. New sponsors from the Office of Naval Research, Cisco Systems, Air Force Civilian Service, United States Navy, and the United States Marine Corps. RSVP by visiting www.ncr-bdpa.org. Bring Clifford Clark into the room, um, into the virtual interviewing. And Clifford is president of YouTube IT Advisors. And he is also hosting uh, tomorrow evening BDPA's Entrepreneurial Fireside Chat. Clifford serves as the executive director of computer and technology services for Ivy Tech Community College Northeast, which is located in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And he's the chief information officer for Public Technology Institute in Alexandria, Virginia. Uh, Clifford, in your multiple roles, I'd love for you to share with us how people transition from technologist to entrepreneur and how you, in the different roles that you've had, um, made that transition yourself and how you help others make that transition. So share with us a little bit of your perspective. Sure, Fran. With technology, as we look around in our world day, and Wayne kind of alluded to this, you can hardly find find a work assignment that does not engage at some level technology. And the technology 
when you pull back the covers, even if it's not the typical computer keyboard interface that we perceive, there's generally code, software, something written, maybe embedded onto a chip that does a certain function, or even if it's a machine technology with computerized numerical controlled machinery or robotics or nanobot. Technology is everywhere, and there are technologists out there in the world, many of them part of BDPA, that help produce that work, that body of work that helps what we do, our GNP, our day-to-day activities, even our recreation. So the bottom line is, is that technology is throughout all the things that we do, and it is being dispersed into other countries quite heavily. Uh, the United States is a very strong technology player. One may argue whether or not we are the strongest technology player with others coming up pretty strong, not slightly in front of us or even slightly behind us. But there's still a lot of developing areas where technology is, is getting a stronger hold and being more and more used. Moving from your role within an organization, the value of your, your tools, the knowledge that you have, whether it's programming language, maybe it's software development, or any other of the myriad of avenues that you might consider to be technology, individuals at some point in time in their career may look at and say, you know, I have enough in my toolkit that I want to go out and do this on my own and do some things on my own. And so they kind of tiptoe over into the entrepreneurial event. And this is a good thing. Oftentimes, it may be in areas of consulting. Um, I know that Julius is quite capable of providing consulting services in information security, myself included with C-squared or C2 IT advisors. Basically, we provide a strategic look at your IT services. So whether that's a evaluation of technology capacity or capabilities in your organization as you prepare for merger and acquisitions or your budgeting, whether it's uh, technology or opportunities that you would like to gain, say that you're looking across your competitive landscape and you're not able to keep up for whatever reason, so you need process controls or anything else of that nature, whether it's project management or those types of things. Those types of strategic looks are the things that C-squared IT advisors, C2 IT advisors delivers. And so it's it's a natural progression for those who feel comfortable and have the entrepreneurial gene to want to go out and, so to say, hang out their own shingle and do different things. I want to tiptoe a little bit into what we plan to talk about in the fireside chat. We have another gentleman who had spent several years at McDonald's Corporation and felt in his heart that there was a need to do just that to be able to help others in their endeavors. And so basically, he used his entrepreneurial gene to create another business to be able to help people realize their full potential, whether it's uh, improving their resume to get another job or to experiment and tiptoe into the entrepreneurial Ventures. Your program is going to be aired tomorrow, which is Wednesday, June 15th, and people can actually sign up for that event at www.bdpa.org slash events. Now, what time does the Entrepreneurial Fireside Chat start? The Entrepreneurial Fireside Chat is scheduled for 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So it would probably be just a little bit early, but uh, at the tail end of the day, hopefully for our friends on the West Coast. We plan for about an hour, so it's relatively brief when you consider the amount of information that we go through in that period of time. Oftentimes, you don't get a chance to take a deep dive, but this particular term came from BDPA many, many years ago that the information is 
is fit for use, meaning that you receive that information and it's enough for you to get started and get going in another and in the direction that you you want to. It may not be everything that you need and it's next to impossible to get that out of an hour, but it's definitely enough to kind of get you going and moving in that right direction. Excellent. John to share that the Los Angeles chapter has used and also talk about some of the challenges of growing a nonprofit organization like BDPA that really depends on and is fueled from the energy of volunteers. John, welcome to BDPA Internet Radio. How did the Los Angeles chapter grow so quickly? And what are some of the best practices that you can share with the BDPA audience? Sure. Thank you, Fran, for having me on the show. So just to talk about how BDPA Los Angeles was able to grow its membership quite a bit this year, we really focused on the mantra of from the classroom to the boardroom. So we put a renewed emphasis on our HSCC program. We partnered with a local college, Cal State Dominguez Hills, which was more than happy to host our program. And what that also led to was us tapping into the magnet school that was actually on site at the campus. So that began, so we're really at the cusp of of our new pipeline, and we're really excited to see that continue to grow and take shape and be renewed each year. Now, with a volunteer organization, as most people know, it's difficult. People have day jobs. They have other interests as well, and it can only devote so much time to the organization. So some of the best practices and tools that we began to incorporate in Los Angeles are Things like Google Docs, you know, which really help uh, help me and my board collaborate. A lot of times, we're all familiar with webinar tools like WebEx, GoToMeeting, but you think about the utility of that tool. Its purpose is to help you share a screen or share a document being edited on the screen nine times out of ten. One of the cool things with Google Docs, which is a free program, by the way, is that it allows multiple people to edit documents in real time. Uh, my board, we've effectively done away with WebEx, so whenever we have our meetings, it's no problem for us to just fire up a Google Doc. We're viewing our minutes in real time. We're looking at everything at the same time. I can see who's making edits, and it's real easy to share and collaborate, and it's just worked out you know, very well for us. Also, when we're trying to assess how people feel or just to get some type of survey out, we, we're also leveraging tools like Google Forms. It's another free service. Uh, we've turned BDPA National onto it. And the beauty there is you don't have to pay for the service, unlike tools like like Zoomerang or SurveyMonkey, but the real power comes in the back end. Essentially, the back end is a spreadsheet. So while you're getting data on the front end, it's easy for me to share the back end, which is it's no different from having a Google Doc spreadsheet, and I can just share that with whomever I want. So we use that this, this year when we were when we're accepting students for our high school computer competition program, they actually filled out an online form, and we were able to collaborate as a board on which essays we liked in real time via the spreadsheet backend of the Google of the Google Form service. Now, a couple of other tools that we're using to great success, we're using WordPress for our website. WordPress is a content management system. It's very popular. It's really easy to get set up and going with the tool. So as a shameless plug, if you were to go to bdpala.org, you can see our site in action. Uh, I must admit that the site, the content is about a week old, so it will be updated this week. If you were to just go to a few pull-down items, you can see how the tool behaves. We actually didn't spend much time or effort in customizing the theme because there are no shortage of themes out there. We just purchased a theme called the White House theme. So if you've ever been to the White House webpage, you'll see the look and feel is a bit the same, not quite one-on-one, but it's still comparable. 
And I also wanted to give a plug to another podcast as well, Mr. Kai Dupay, K-A-I, last name D-U-P-E. On his show, he had the creator of a WordPress online training service, and this is a service that this, that this brother is doing. It's called thewebacademy.org. If you know anybody who's interested in learning more about WordPress, please check out thewebacademy.org. It's a class act and well done. Just to run through another quick thing, we, we think about show even this show itself, you know, how can we as African Americans be content creators and not just content consumers? So I'm more than excited about you know the work that that we're all doing on our inaugural blog talk radio program, you know, and how do we promote stuff like that amongst you know the rest of the chapters and just the community in general. One of the things we're working on in BDPA is I have a little microphone in H two Zoom that I take to program meetings. So even if you have a program meeting where if there's only two people who attend the meeting, guess what? It's That event can still be a success. You can simply flip the script and have that be an interview format, still go over all your topics, and make it available later online for viewing. You can upload it to things like YouTube or Vimeo. You can even send it to Mr. Wayne Hicks. He'll take, he'll take care of you, and he'll upload that to a variety of BDPA channels. And now you have, some, you have your content in perpetuity. It's not that, hey, we missed the event for whatever reason, so we'll never get that content ever again. It's, hey, we missed the event for whatever reason. We would have loved to have participated and provided input to the show, but we can view it on, we can view it offline, and a lot of us are used to that anyway with time shifting in and DVRs. I, I don't know what time any show comes on these days because it's all recorded and, and, I, and I don't have a TV guide anymore. I just know that the show that I want to watch has come on already and I can go to Hulu or I can you know, fire up something like DirecTV and just watch it when I want. So we're really excited to, to share our best practices and we're, more, and, and we're really thrilled to use formats like blog talk radio to hear what other chapters are doing that we can also grow from in the in the LA chapter and, and I'm I'm sure we have no shortage of talent and ideas there and this is an excellent platform that you know I, I'm I'm glad to be a part of. Great. Well John, I appreciate your enthusiasm. I can post this also on the blog talk radio slash BDPA site. I heard you mention Google Doc, Google Forms. Yeah, Google Doc uh, is gonna is going serve us well. Since we're all over all over the nation, it'll be a nice way for us to collaborate free of charge, you know, mind you. And for anyone out there who's not using Google Docs or who hasn't even checked out Google Docs, you know, you're doing yourself a disservice. You definitely need to give it a shot. And if you're collecting any type of inputs, you also need to check out Google Forms. They're great services, and you really need to get familiar with them. I also heard that the LA chapter website at edpala.org uses WordPress and that you're using a theme called the White House theme. And I did type in your website and I can see that. So one of the advantages of WordPress is that it's relatively easy to update and it sort of has that blog format. So depending on access, you can have people easily update. You mentioned a BDPA member who I know has a blog talk uh, radio show as well and is a technologist and that's Kai Dupay. And then you mentioned a resource, word the, the webacademy.org. The Web Academy, okay, org. And then you said that sometimes you go to your meetings with 
actually, what, that's just a, a microphone phone. It costs probably about 110 bucks, but it's definitely worth the investment. That empowers you to do is just, you know, record your audio digitally. You know, at first we thought, we experimented with a few things. We thought maybe people wanted to record the whole event and see the video. We found that most people could care less. They really wanted to hear the discussion, to hear the audio, and to also see slides if there was something worthwhile being presented. But it was a nice way for people to just view things at their computers offline if they Miss if they couldn't attend one of our monthly program meetings for any reason. So what category would that fall in? It's just a digital microphone, a really good digital microphone for that's relatively inexpensive. So it allows you to save your audio formats at various bit rates. You can also save as .mp3 or .wav, so you can produce the audio later on at home, or you could just keep it raw and just you know marry it to your presentation, produce it in something like iMovie or Windows Media Movie Maker, whatever they're calling it these days and then just have that uploaded to services like YouTube or Vimeo, V-I-M-E-O, which are great avenues for getting content out there. Well, great. First show is about to close, thanking our guest. Our first guest was Wayne Hicks, Executive Director of the BBPA Education and Technology Foundation. Our second guest was Julia Clark, Information Security Author with Well Fargo Bay, and also a blogger with his own blog, Clark Leadership, which can be found at clarkleadership.blogbot.com. Our third guest was Clifford Clark. He is president of C2IT Advisors. And our fourth guest was John Malianson, chapter president of EDPA Los Angeles. Thank you again for participating and listening in the BBPA Internet Radio Show. And tune in in two weeks as we bring on more more guests. BBPAI Radio, linking business, education, and technology, showcases IT entrepreneurs, technology experts, computer science academics, and people with a passion for educating our young people in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. BDPAI Radio Show is a regular exchange for BDPA members, sponsors, entrepreneurs, educational institutions, and the black community. BDPAI Radio guests link the diverse worlds of business, education, and technology.